This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 779 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning show. The Horse.com's digital editor, Michelle Anderson, is joined by Dr. Oak and the Hit'em crew for some important information about the dangers ivermectin can pose to our canine friends. And we'll get to our tip right after this nutritional minute from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. That's right. It's that time of the week when we do the weekly horse health report with Michelle Anderson, digital editor at thehorse.com. And Michelle, this week we're going to the dogs. We are. Good morning, Glenn. Yeah, this week we're we're taking a little bit of a side road and talking about our canine companions that hang out around the barn. Um, some important stuff that people need to know about these guys. And we have you Dr. Steve. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when you uh, sent this over I, and what we're going to talk about today, I had no idea. Uh, so I am very glad you're covering this because this is something that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. 
This is really, really important stuff. So we have Dr. Stacy Oak with us, and Stacy is a freelance writer for The Horse. She's one of our, our great uh, veterinary experts who puts articles, articles together, fact sheets, uh, and all that. She's an equine expert for sure, but she's also a small animal practitioner. So she's here to talk to us about ivermectin toxicity in certain dog breeds. Um, Dr. Oak, are you with us? I am. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, thanks for Two joining weeks us. Two in a row. Two weeks <laughs> I know. I'm honored. She's, You're a glutton she's for a good punishment. Sport. Yeah. And, and by and, the way, I'm not an equine expert. <laughs> I just know how to research. <laughs> you are. She is above and beyond this woman. She does most all of our fact sheets for us. She knows more about about different horse topics than anyone I know, so she's being very uh, <laughs> modest. <laughs> um, but so this topic with ivermectin toxicity, I have had two friends within the last couple of years and one just really recently who have had dogs who they've been deworming their horses, a glob of ivermectin fell on the ground, um, or maybe the dog got the tube out of the garbage can and the horses or the dogs almost ended up dying. And so hearing both of these stories made me realize how important it is. I have a herding breed myself. So Dr. Oak, let's just start. Can you tell us a little bit about ivermectin and dogs? Like why why is this a uh, why is it such a concern? Um, ivermectin is, maybe we should just start with uh, ivermectin, it's, um, it's a deworming medication and it's used in many different breeds of animals, not just dogs and horses, and it's actually effective against over 300 different kinds of internal and external parasites. And in horses it's used for, you know, large and strong, small strongyles and um, um, stomach bots as well and others. And it is also used in dogs, but at much, much lower doses. The, the main problem, I think, Michelle, what you're getting at is in some breeds of dogs, they have a genetic abnormality that makes them incredibly sensitive to ivermectin. So, in fact, it is toxic to them or can be. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about what ivermectin does to the parasites because I think this is an important part of the story on how it affects the dogs as well. Um, because ivermectin really changed the way we managed our horses' deworming programs. Yeah, it does. It's um, highly, or was in the past, highly effective, as I said, you know, kills a lot of different parasites and it is a neurotoxin that causes paralysis and death of the parasite. Okay, so by that, so the little uh, parasites are in there, you treat with ivermectin and it affects the what would be the brain of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Kind and, of. Um, yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> if, they, if a worm had a brain. System, so they do have nervous systems, so it causes them paralysis and death, and um, okay. then they are passed and cleared from, from either the horse or the dog. Okay. And so you know, most horse owners have dogs, too, and a lot of us have herding breeds, which tend to be more susceptible or have this um, genetic predisposition. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about these dogs that that lend themselves to toxicity with ivermectin? 
Yep, there's a certain um, breeds of dogs that have a genetic abnormality, and some of the most common are um, collie breeds, and a lot of the, like you said, herding dogs, Old English sheepdogs, uh, sheepdogs, Shetland sheepdogs, the Sheltie, um, and Australian and German shepherds, and a couple of the whippets and the windhounds as well, the, the sighthounds. Um, so this genetic mutation basically is found at the blood-brain barrier. So if a dog ingests the ivermectin and it's circulating throughout the body, then when it hits the brain, instead of staying in the bloodstream, basically, it passes into the brain tissue, which is nervous system, so it causes paralysis and sometimes death in dogs that are susceptible. In dogs that don't have the genetic mutation, the ivermectin doesn't pass into their brain and nervous tissue. Okay. So you probably don't want them licking it off the ground, but not it's really, not no. going to... Even dogs that don't have the genetic mutation, you still don't want them licking it off the ground either. I mean, it's a dose. So even though ivermectin can be used safely in dogs, the doses that are used for horses is much higher. So even in, you know, so-called normal dogs without the mutation, it can still be dangerous. How much do they have to get, Dr. O? That is a good question. Um, some of the, the dogs with the genetic mutations, it's a very small amount that they, they need to ingest, um, you know, like even 100 micrograms per kilogram, which is not very much. And in dogs that don't have it, their dose is above 2,000 micrograms per kilogram. But as I said, even if they get into enough of it, they also can um, suffer from neurotoxicity. Boy, and this is so, so easy to do because you're squirting it in the mouth and the horse is going... And it's dropping yeah. it all over the floor, and the dog's mm -hmm. right there, and the dog decides that that's a good time to lick it up. It's so mm -hmm. easy to see happen. It's true. And that's, that, yeah, and that's what now. happened to, oh, sorry about that, and um, that's what happened to uh, one of my friend's dogs. Um, just, you know, the horse spit it out, and she didn't even think about it, and, like, told the horse, or told the dog, you know, leave it, and but it had gotten enough at that point. And it was a miniature Australian shepherd. And so you mentioned collies. Um, collie breeds, and so it's also the Australian Shepherds. Yep, the Australian Shepherds, German Shepherds, and Sheepdogs. Okay, and I wonder, well, like... We, we, have, we have a Greyhound, uh, you, you know, you said certain sighthounds, too. I guess that you wouldn't want to take a chance with a Greyhound, either. I, I wouldn't. You know, if you're deworming yeah. your horse, your, your dog probably shouldn't be in the barn, regardless. And if that much ivermectin is hitting the ground, that also means that um, perhaps the technique used to deworm the horse isn't very effective <laughs> because, you know, it's a measured dose as well. And so the, bowl, the goal is to get the entire dose into the horse. So mm -hmm. it's some is hitting the ground, then the horse isn't being fully dewormed as well, which is a totally different issue, but just as an aside. <laughs> hey, well, now, so Jamie, I, you have, hold on one second here. You have, yeah. Jamie, you have all herding dogs, right? I mean, you're basically all of them are. I do, I do. And, and again, I, I think back to what, what the, the nice doctor just said. Basically, you suck at deworming if you can drop that much on the ground. <laughs> okay, those However, are your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, you're, but it doesn't even matter how good you are. Sometimes you've got, like, we've got a pony that is just so good. You think you've got it in there. You hold his head up, everything like that. And five minutes later, you put his head down, and he goes, 
and yeah. spits it out. So yep. uh, you, it's really no great way to deworm some of them, but you're right, just clearing your dogs out of the barn. And, again, just like you said, keeping this in a secure trash can. You know, take mm-hmm. a grocery store bag and put all the, the tubes in there and close it up and then put it in another bag and then put it in the trash. You don't want to have this just laying around. Yeah, and that's the other issue that I've heard people have is they throw them in in the garbage and then the dog climbs into the garbage can, thinks it's a great toy, and runs off with it um, and ends up licking off some of that, you know, green, gooey ivermectin that's left on the tube after they've dewormed their horses. Um, I've heard from a vet student that they're taught white feet don't treat with the dogs when it comes to using ivermectin on dogs. Is that something yeah, that you've yeah, heard, that's Dr. Oak? common common phrase that we're taught that, um, you know, for regular doses that are included in, you know, like just heartworm prevention, they're fine. They're low dose and even the white feet dogs, but it's the higher doses, like if they've got, a, you know, a certain form of mange, for example, then those are the ones that you, you're going to be a little bit more hesitant. And it's actually changed. I was reading in an article last night, right before bed. Thanks, Michelle. And, uh, <laughs> and it said white free, uh, white feet uh, test to see if you can treat. So there's a test mm-hmm. offered at Washington State University and dog owners can get like a simple like cheek swab, like a DNA test and send it off to the lab and then they will know whether the dog has the genetic mutation or not. Yeah. What, what do you mean, hold on, I, I'm confused. When you say white feet don't treat, like you're talking, you don't treat them with, because a lot of dog medications have ivermectin in them, and I was a little surprised to see that after hearing about not giving your dog ivermectin. So when you say white feet don't treat, are those the dogs with white feet you don't give any sort of ivermectin? You can, and uh, like the monthly heartworm preventatives, they're very low-dose ivermectin, and they are supposed to be safe in all dogs, including the dogs with um, the genetic, genetic mutation. So it's only if um, you're specifically giving a higher dose of ivermectin, like if your dog has mange, for example. And so you need to give a higher dose, but it's those dogs that um, if they have the genetic mutation, you might not be able to treat with ivermectin to treat the mange. Now, white feet being the pad or the outside of the foot? The fur at the, uh, the end of the foot. Yeah, and I, one of my friend's dogs, and she almost lost him to this, um, they run a retirement center for horses and had dewormed, you know, 12 horses in one day, and the dog had followed them around and gotten enough um, to, that was toxic. But it's a little dachshund cross, a little mutt, um, but has white feet, and they think he's probably part border collie, and yeah. so... Um, that's, you know, you don't look at him and think herding dog at all. You think wiener dog when you see him. Um, but he, he it, it took a little bit. Their friend was actually is a vet and started going, you know, your dog is having these clinical signs and you just dewormed and let's look into this. So let's talk about this clinical science because it's something that dog owners and horse owners should be able to recognize in their, in their yeah. dog if something goes awry. Right, so ivermectin is um, a neurotoxin. So the, the major signs that you're going to see all have to do with the nervous system. So the dog's going to have an altered mentation. They're going to be like dull and lethargic, and they could be wobbling when they walk instead of walking straight, like they don't know where their legs and arms are, <laughs> arms in space are, and um, having difficulty walking and standing. Um, blindness is a common, common sign. Like the dogs just don't seem to be able to see where they're going and bumping into stuff. 
And then if you do suspect that your dog has been exposed, uh, what, what should you do? Um, go to the veterinarian immediately. Um, if you catch it within the first four hours, they can make the dog vomit to get the rest of the ivermectin out of the stomach so it's not absorbed. And then they're going to administrate charcoal, which slows down, you know, basically draws out the ivermectin um, to limit the toxicity. And after that, it's just supportive care. There's no antidote. There's no cure. And it's just keeping them warm and hydrated until, until it passes. And it can take up to several weeks before um, your dog is back to normal. You know, so you talk about four hours. Will the care. symptoms manifest that quickly, Doctor? They will manifest quick. Yes, they can manifest okay. quickly, like within four hours for sure. Um, I mean, it's in most cases, unless you can see your dog licking the ivermectin, right. it's not caught that early. But the earlier right. you suspect it and catch it, so again, you know, prevention. Don't have your dog out when you're deworming. It's the it's the best. Yeah, so there's this genetic mutation in dogs that makes them sensitive to ivermectin. Is there anything similar in horses? Are any horses affected by ivermectin in a negative way? Um, they don't have any genetic mutation that I could find for it, so it's not same. But, you know, as with any pharmaceutical drug, you know, they, any horse can have a reaction to it or if it's administered, you know, if you dose it incorrectly. I mean... Even, I mean, errors happen all the time. You know, you just misunderstood, you know, 10 grams instead of 10 kilograms. <laughs> That's a bad example. But, yeah. I mean, it can happen very easily. So, I mean, just read the product carefully. If you have any questions, ask your veterinarian before you administer it. And it's just better to be safe than sorry. Okay. So we mentioned the garbage can, uh, your technique in giving ivermectin. <laughs> Any other suggestions on managing yes. around the barn um, when, you're, when you're giving it can also, ivermectin? Ivermectin can also be passed in the feces of the horse. So um, like for a couple of days huh. after you deworm the horse, don't let your dog out to the manure pile or around because, I mean, farm dogs eat horse poop. They mm -hmm. just do. And yeah. they can be exposed to high enough concentrations in the manure that they can also be, um, you know, get ivermectin, ivermectin toxicity that way as well. Okay. And I have a little white-footed corgi, <laughs> which is a herding breed, that loves to go out there and eat that horse poop. Yeah. And then he comes back and licks you on the face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I so. never knew that it would pass through the poop, though. My gosh. I mean, I, you know, I knew it could kill it could kill dogs and cause a lot of problems with dogs, but I had no idea. Man, that's going to be a management problem for us. With the do Don't eat the poop. They, la yeah. they look at you and they yeah. laugh. They're like, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> they take a fecal ball and run. Yep. Yeah. Especially if it's for fun. I'm really glad I didn't I didn't know this, and I'm sure there's lots of other horse owners out there that didn't know this, so I'm really glad that you brought this one up this week. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that it's not our main vein, it's not our, our straight horse health um, you know, topic, but it is horse management, and it's really important. And it was when I had one friend have it happen, it was like, that was weird, and then I had a second friend have it happen, and I'm like, That's, this is really scary, and horse owners really need to know about this because horse owners have dogs. I don't know a single horse owner that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a dog um, out there also. So uh, take care, lock your dogs up um, when you're deworming. Be careful. 
Very good. Well, Jenny, Jennifer will put this over on Horse Tip Daily, too. Let's try and get the word out to as many horse owners like me who don't know about this and have one of those white-footed dogs. Uh, it, it's uh, definitely good to know. Thank you, Dr. Oak, and thank you, Michelle, for being on again this week. And, uh, Michelle, you, of course, you can find all the health information that you ever want to know about your horse over at thehorse.com. And, Dr. Oak, where can we find you? Uh, at thehorse.com. <laughs> There's lots of her stuff at thehorse.com. Um, and if you're interested in deworming, we also have just released uh, the first in the six-part series on deworming horses. On So check that out. Very good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank a lot. you. Well, that's thehorse.com. They're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. to uh, help us out with our animals. And I, I tell you what, now, you know, and how many, you know, you know, you're the same way. You bring your dogs everywhere. Your dogs do everything with you, Jamie. It, you really have to think about it when you're deworming to keep them out of the field for a couple of days. I mean, that's, that, that is a change in lifestyle for sure. It is, too, and I'm about to do, it's so funny that this came up right now, and I guess that's the timing that they tried to go with, but to get, it's that time of year to deworm again. So I'm doing all fecal samples and going to just get whatever each fecal sample says I need to get. And, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to have to really be diligent. I Again, I, I didn't know it was in the poop, but I have, out of the three dogs I have, all three are hurting and all three have white feet. So yeah. pretty much they're they're talking to me, you know. Now, I wonder if, uh, you know, is, is like uh, Jack Russell considered a herding dog? Yeah, I think they're because herding they dogs. Do, they hunt. They're hunting dogs for sure. Jennifer, would, it, would they be a herding dog? Because between Jack Russell's corgis and uh, border collies and things, you got most of the dog population for horse people. I, I believe a Jack Russell falls into the terrier family. Yeah. Okay. Does that mean it's a, that's not a herding dog? I don't know anything about categories, but it's a terrier. <laughs> what does a terrier do? Do they herd? What? A, no, her, terriers catch things and shred them. Yeah, that, they're the catching, it. shredding dogs. <laughs> yes, versus the zhuzhim around dogs. Yes. Okay. Because I was thinking they were like fox hunting. You know, they originated in like fox hunting kind of life. So that's hunting. Hunting and herding. <laughs> that's not hunting. See, hunting and herding are different. <laughs> now, would a hound you, you dog Here's the good. Right. Here's the good piece of advice. Just keep all your dang dogs away from yeah. the, the Evermectin. <laughs> that's correct. There we go. I think that's the best plan yet. And that's a wrap. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the horses in the morning crew putting in their two cents on horse health topics, along with fascinating interviews from around the equestrian world, tune in to Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com every weekday. You can also go to thehorse.com, where you will find a motherload of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by the support of Kentucky Performance Products. You can find them online at kppusa.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new 
expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.